This is Thursday Finance, and uh, we do it for our sponsor, Pritchard and Partners, Barry Preston. Well, we're looking at commodities and how things are going. Are they going up, going down, roundabout? Actually, commodities have been fairly stable. Probably the the biggest change has been nickel, which is it's quite strange. It's going down in price as far as um, uh, per ton is concerned. Yet there's a lot of talk that there's going to be a fairly big shortage in the nickel market because uh, China apparently is looking at uh, endeavouring to get a lot of its consumer spending internally. Uh, and uh, this, uh, they've said that may involve cafes and utensils, which stainless steel, which is the part which nickel is used for. So it's quite strange that that's going down at the moment, but there is talk that there could be a fairly big boom in nickel next year. That is, of course, if we haven't blown up in the meantime, but that's another story. Mm. Let's have a look at gold. Gold hasn't changed that much. It's it's on a little bit of an upward trend, uh, but when you look at it over a period of time, it's uh, not much of a change. It's For the week, it's up to $1,417 Australian an ounce. That's a movement of $15 in value. Silver hasn't changed that much, $19.75 per ounce Australian. That's down 19 cents. That's a huge amount, isn't it? But, of course, uh, it's only $19 an ounce we're looking at. Copper, that's uh, up $76 to $7,648. Nickel is down $500 a tonne to $17,343 or 2.8%. Tin down slightly $42 a tonne to $22,103. I think, in my opinion, those two uh, metals, tin and nickel, could, uh, could... uh, who knows, have a fairly uh, decent sort of a rise next year because they're, they're metals that are sought after and they don't find a lot of them in the one place. Now let's have a look at the currency. <clears throat> Pardon me. The US dollar, Australian 87.74. The British pence, 54.86 British pence to the Australian dollar. The Chinese yuan renminbi, 5.36 yuan renminbi. That's very little change from last week. In actual fact, there's very little change overall in the currency. New Zealand dollar, uh, 111 uh, New Zealand, 111.38 New Zealand to the Australian dollar. The euro, 69.35, very little change there. That's probably the biggest one of the lot, a 1.5% increase. In other words, we get more for our dollar. The Canadian, 98.62. So looking at it overall, the currencies haven't changed that much. Uh, the US dollar is probably the well, the most powerful currency in the world, but it hasn't changed that much compared to our dollar. Now, the indices, the Australian market, we're up for the week 135 points to 5,373. The Dow Jones is up 319 points to 16,141. And the NASDAQ is up 167 points to 4,382. The UK FTSE, 188 points ahead to 6,399. And the NASDAQ was the biggest one as far as percentage is concerned. It's a 3.9% move up. Next followed by the UK FTSE. Oil prices. Strange. The US oil, 91.73 Australian per barrel. That's down just under $1. But our tapas oil has gone up uh, to 102.8 or $3 a head, which is uh, not too good. Not too good at all. Well, not if we're no. going to be paying for it. Well, I don't <laughs> know so up. much because if you look at our oil prices, the oil prices are coming down worldwide, which should have an effect on ours. Now, the central coast for the uh, unleaded is 149.9. I do apologise. I can't compare them with last week, but it's average in the central coast is 149.9. <coughs> Pardon me. 
And that's strange because once upon a time we were always more expensive than the Central Coast, but at the moment it's uh, 146.4 average uh, unleaded in Newcastle. Sydney, 154.2. They'd be ripping their hair out. And uh, as we say... um, Diesel on the Central Coast, 152.1, Newcastle, 153, and in Sydney, 148.9. Now, looking throughout the state, Tumut, of course, poor old Tumut, uh, they're 163 cents a litre, and if we want to go to Armidale, they're 156.9 cents a litre. They've come down, come down a little bit up there. And uh, one of the cheapest parts of the state is at, where are we, uh, Goulburn, 140.6. Gee, that sounds good. And their diesel is 149. Mm. And, uh, of course, the old Grafton, 145.9, and Orange. Uh, where are we with Orange? I've lost Orange. <laughs> I'm in a bad state today. We'll find a map for you. We'll find a map. <laughs> or a, so it's interesting that the oil prices, uh, ours, Newcastle, has come down below the central coast. I wonder why. Mm. There's been a lot of uh, the Newcastle Herald, and, of course, we've been plugging it too here on the radio station. Yep. Never know. Somebody's Lots listening. To NURFM, it's 25 past 12. Barry Preston, time for our market snapshot with Henry Jennings. Absolutely. And of course, <clears throat> we are talking general advice, and it is up to everybody to get their own special advice. And people at Pritchard and Partners or staff at Pritchard and Partners or BBY stockbrokers may deal or trade in shares that we mentioned on this program. Now, the share market, Henry, has experienced a roller coaster over the last, uh, well, not quite 12 months, but I believe in December it was about 5,069, jumping up to 5,656 in September, and now it's down to about 5,300 again. It's all over the place. It is. It has been, especially in the last month or so, Barry, um, it has been a, a severe roller coaster. I think September um, the, uh, was, a, was a month of extreme volatility, both up and down, and we saw the market plunge down to around 5160-odd before it's bounced back to, uh, we're currently around 5370. Interesting, isn't it? It's, and this is where a lot of people make money, buying and selling on the trading, isn't it? Well, it, it is. I mean, at the end of the day, volatility really is opportunity. Um, you know, we were very complacent for a long time in our market, and, and things were a little bit on the pricey side. And clients would say, you know, I want to put some money into the market, and you would have to say, well, look, you know what, I think it's a little bit rich at the moment. You might not want to play. Um, and, of course, when it drops to 51.60, everyone gets a bit panicky, but the, the smart people that are buying on those sorts of dips um, and riding it for the rallies and then, of course, um, selling it to uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Johnny-come-latelys, I guess, as it, as it rallies. The Reserve Bank, no movement, of course, we've said in interest rates, and I can't yeah. see any movement in interest rates for some time. There will be no movement at the station for the word that passed around from Glenn Stevens was steady as she goes. Mm. So, yes, I, I think we're going to see interest rates on hold for, for some time uh, to come, so um, mm. don't expect too much there. A notable professor at the Australian Uni- National University got a lot of flack because of comments of uh, their super fund. Uh, they were going to divest in companies that were fossil fuel, but it seems that they've gone further and uh, got out of companies that were dealing in copper and so forth. Was this a bit over the top, do you think? Or? 
Well, I guess, you know, every, every fund out there likes to differentiate itself in their investment style um, and their investment sort of proposition to investors. Usually they do tend to tell you before you get in rather than after um, that they're going to become all ethical. There's a number of very, uh, you know, very high uh, and well-known uh, funds out there that are very ethical. Hunter Hall springs to mind, um, and they don't invest in things that they believe uh, contradicts their policies. And, of course, now we've seen the ANU do something similar, but... But it's not as if they started out in that vein. So it's probably um, interesting for the, those members of, the, of that uh, super fund in terms of whether they want to continue to uh, to plough their money into things that are ethical or whether they're just in it for um, for the money. Interesting, isn't it? Medibank. Now, here's something else. There's a new float, of course, coming out, and a lot of people, there's been people chasing blue discs all over the countryside. This yep. new float, your comments, and I believe foreign investors may be interested in this. Well, I mean, Medibank is, is a massive, massive uh, new IPO from the uh, the government, which is doing that wonderful trick whereby they're selling a uh, an asset that's owned by the taxpayer <laughs> back to the taxpayer and taking that money and hopefully doing something somewhat better with it. Um, you know, so it's it's an interesting um, conundrum, I guess, in terms of privatisation. But this does look, I mean, it, on the face of it, it does look quite attractive. There is, however, a very big price range um, on the uh, the stock that's being offered to the retail and institutional investor. Um, I guess the biggest attraction is because this has been run by the government for so long, there are, you would hope and think, there are a lot of costs that can be pulled out of the business. Um, and when I say costs, that's really people. Yep. Um, that tends to be the usual thing. Um, and um, I suspect you know, that's what the market will be interested in, is how much over the next six months to a year the uh, the incumbent management will be able to uh, to pull the costs out. It's debt-free um, and increase the bottom line and therefore increase the, uh, the dividends uh, payable to shareholders because of this sort of inefficiency. It certainly is, seems to be one of the most inefficient kind of private health insurers in the country. So we'll see, but it, it, does, it, it does appear to be quite popular at the moment. In respect of ownership by taxpayers, isn't it ownership by the members, not the taxpayers? Uh, <laughs> because if it is the members, the government shouldn't be selling it. Well, there was some uh, some rumours that some of the members were going to be taking the government to court mm. um, and uh, to try to settle that particular argument, which will be um, interesting to see. But certainly at the moment, they are ploughing ahead with the sale. <laughs> it's a four and a half, five billion dollar uh, float, so it's not exactly small, and it will suck some of the liquidity out of the market. Uh, between now and Christmas, that's for sure. Hmm, interesting. What happened to the block trade of $600 million on the Vida Group? Well, it was supposed to go through and then it didn't or something? Well, I don't think they had the, um, had the interest. Um, hmm. There were some private equity holders of Vida... Uh, which were um, which were looking to uh, to sell down their uh, their holding, but uh, it seems they didn't really get the uh, the interest um, in the stock that they um, they were after, and as a result, they sort of um, they pulled uh, the bid. Yeah, so, um, yeah, interesting. They, they had about thirty-one percent, I think, um, mm. uh, Pacific Equity Partners. Another one: Cab Charge rejects a United States company's offer to buy its payment system. Wouldn't the payment system be one of its uh, key assets? Yeah, I would imagine that's why they rejected it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, Cab Charge is under some assault. Uh, I think it's fair to say at the moment from these taxi um, apps. 
uh, like Uber, Indiegogo, and um, GoCatch as well, <laughs> whereby um, people can actually um, book, pay, and, um, and and monitor where their cab is through their smartphone. And smartphones are, are you know are disrupting technology around the world, and obviously mm. this is a big uh, problem for cab charge. The traditional putting a hand out on the street isn't a particularly brilliant way of uh, hailing a cab in this day and age. It's far better to order one on your smartphone. It turn up, arrive. You know where you're going. It knows where you're going. Mm. And if you uh, if you throw up in the back of the cab, they know who to bill for the, for um, for the cleaning up. Yeah, interesting. Now you mentioned on your uh, report the overnight futures trading. Yep. And what did it do? First of all, what is the overnight futures trading and what happened? Well, futures are a derivative um, that trades the market. It's a sort of measure of the future uh, level of, of the market, and it's uh, very much a supply-demand um, thing. And although it trades hectically during the hours that our market is open, it's also open overnight, and traders will trade the, uh, the futures market in expectation of what our market is going to open at the following day. So um, it's a bit um, it's a bit like uh, placing bets while the casino is shut, and then <laughs> waiting for the casino to open to collect on your bets or have to uh, to pay out on your bets. But it is it is usually well, it can be a good indication of the sort of the overnight sentiment. And it does tend to follow uh, overnight equity markets. So if the Dow or the European markets are strong, then they will be um, buying the futures overnight in anticipation of a, a solid opening on the Australian market in the morning. And the futures is the actual index, isn't it? The uh Where's well, the ASX 200? Aha, uh-huh, yeah. the ASX 200. Share price index. Share price index. Okay, now, the CPI. I believe you had a bit of a discussion on your Sky News program <laughs> with a gentleman by the name of Shane Oliver, who is the chief economist of the AMP. Now, you both agreed, I believe. Well, uh, not really, no. <laughs> um, we had a, a little bit of what, what I think Mr. Abbott would call a robust uh, discussion, uh, mainly about the CPI. He was talking about deflation becoming a big problem, and I pointed out that in the real world, you know, when people are having to pay uh, food bills, electricity bills, water bills, rates, insurance, school fees, etc., etc., childcare, um, those fees and charges are all going up by far more than the official inflation rate. So um, my argument was that um, there was inflation around. His argument was that uh, the figures aren't showing there's inflation around. In fact, around the globe, uh, economic uh, advisors, leaders, governments are now starting to, to worry and panic about the lack of inflation and the fact that it's actually turning to deflation, which is a bit of a problem because they're all trying to get out of their problems by inflating the uh, the economy. Um, it, when I was when I was a young man and in, in the markets, it was inflation was the was the dragon that everyone had to slay. But now, of course, we've we've sl- it seems to have slayed that dragon at least in the official numbers, not in the real world, of course. Um, and um, that um, particular dragon now has to be given the kiss of life to try and revive it again. In actual fact, does anyone know what's going on? No. Oh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> we'll take a break. Only you and I, Barry. Okay, fantastic. Only you and I. Fantastic. And your listeners. <laughs> This is Thursday Finance for our sponsor, Pritchard and & Partners, and we are in our market snapshot looking at overseas with Henry Jennings, Barry Preston. Certain people are not happy, and they didn't mention the girl Jan in this one. They did say that the USA and Japan were not happy with China's new bank, Asia, I think it's the Asian Infrastructure Bank, setting up. Why is that? Yeah. Um, well, this is the, the China, China are trying to set up a sort of a regional bank to, uh, to sort of... Um, 
I don't know, um, compete, I guess is the word, with uh, institutions like the World Bank and the IMF. Um, and so they can have a greater say, I guess, in the region. And, of course, anything uh, that any time that China flexes its muscles, um, its uh, sort of age-old foes, ideologically uh, Japan and uh, the U.S. tend to uh, get a little bit upset. <laughs> I wonder why. Oh, anyway, I wonder, yeah, no, I wonder why. It's, it's a bit strange, isn't it? It is. Now, you mentioned, and uh, this is I think we've discussed this before, that markets shouldn't fall after, after all the cash has been pumped into the system. Now, where is the cash? I haven't seen any. Well, that's the problem, Barry. You see that the cash is not going to the likes of you and I. The cash is going into the system. And, of course, the, the very wealthy and the big institutions control the system. And uh, as a result, what we know as asset prices like equities and property, etc., have been going up considerably. Um, and all this sort of free money that the Fed and uh, other central banks around the world have been pumping in has really, really, really pushed um, asset prices through the roof. Unfortunately, the, the hope that it would trickle down to the, the mere hoi polloi like you and I doesn't really seem to be happening in quite the same way. If anything, we're now seeing uh, some uh, far more astute commentators than me uh, suggesting that this is actually uh, increasing the inequality in the world dramatically. You mean that you and I are becoming poorer and the richer are becoming richer? Is that what they're basically saying? Pretty much, yeah. Same old story. I, I, I read something in the Financial Review today, and, and, and when I read it, I thought... What is it? Google is investing in a thing called Magic Leap. Now, what this seems to do is make images appear in front of you or something. Is, is, is this right? Um, it, it appears to be, yes. I mean, um, it's, um, it's invested in this sort of mystery company out there. And I guess there's lots of people trying to come up with a new um, sort of uh, new wonderful thing. But it lets users see 3D objects in, in the real world. Um, um, so uh, we'll see, but I mean, Google are, are sort of renowned for taking things um, to the extreme, and we, we were lucky enough the other day at BBY to have uh, one of the, uh, the software engineer geniuses who's, who's in charge of software engineering in Australia, 500 people, I have to say, um, come down and talk to us about the future, and it certainly appears that um, you know Google doesn't do everything for money. Um, they mm-hmm. tend to um, they tend to take things like magic leaps of faith, um, and and they sort of they go for the, the build it. Uh, let's see if it's interesting, and let's see how we can make some money out of it later. They're not really the same as normal businesses, and they come up with a business plan to make money, and then work out how to make money. They actually come up with a with a product, and then work out how to make money off the back of that product. So <laughs> it, it is it is interesting. So, but this uh, is unbelievable. When I saw this, I saw there was an image of a shark in the middle of the room, and there was uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't understand it. Yeah, it's um, I, I, you know, I've seen pictures of um, a hand with an elephant in it and stuff, stuff like this. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be um, they're going to talking about revolution in the ways people communicate, purchase, learn, share, and play. We've been doing so, that for a hundred years, anyway. No, so. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know, if, if you've got you know, 3D on your phone, isn't that life? Isn't that reality? Well, I don't know. Just I put, put your phone down and actually talk to people. And this is probably what it is. Yeah. Now. What's it all about? The ECB is to buy bonds. Are they buying good bonds or junk bonds? The ECB, no, I mean, of course, the European Central Bank. They don't really.
really care, to be honest, Barry. I just want to buy anything that's um, that's not nailed down that they can affect and try and get the economy uh, back on track over there. But but again, this is another exercise in money printing where the ECB keeps um, short-term interest rates and short-term bonds uh, um, cheap and pumps money into the system in the hope that these banks will lend the money to to the good European citizens who don't have jobs anyway because they've all been retrenched after the austerity packages um, and those good European citizens will then go out create businesses and create jobs and uh, kickstart the economy but as we've just talked about what's happening is this free money you know, the banks just take it and go yeah you know that's too hard we don't want to actually deal with real people let's go and punt it on the market it's much more lucrative and that's, mm. that's what's been happening Oil prices are dropping well they have I think for the I last know, two or three 25% now I wonder what Saudi Arabia thinks about this? Well, you'd have to think that they are not happy Vegemites, but however, however thinking about it, I was talking about it this morning in my in my email, um, you know, Saudi Arabia has probably not been too happy with the US anyway, because the US has become pretty self-sufficient in fuel due to the, the fracking and the shale gas revolution that's engulfed uh, the southern uh, sort of states of the US, Texas in particular, uh, and even up north in, uh, in Wyoming and, and Minnesota and places. Um, it, it has sort of um, made the US far more inter- far less interested in uh, Middle Eastern policies and uh, and not so reliant on the Saudis. And as a result, the oil prices come down. So you would, and, and we're now at sort of a, a tipping point where um, some of the shale stuff is not that economic at eighty dollars a barrel. So maybe the Saudis are quite happy to keep the oil price low mm-hmm. and try and get some of this uh, competing shale out of the business. Because after all, their oil is free, comes up out of the ground. It's pretty much going to be there forever. Um, so why should they care? Talking about the USA, I wonder if it's going on a health kick. McDonald's and Coca-Cola have put in some bad figures. I know, don't they always? <laughs> Everything they put in results in bad figures. Um, it, it does look as if uh, the US is getting slightly more healthy. Um, I guess one of the other things is that Coca-Cola's had a lot more competition uh, from sort of health drinks and, and, and fruity drinks as opposed to these traditional Coke. And, and Macca's also has had a lot more competition as well. And in theory, you'd have to think that as uh, the economy in the U.S. improves, um, the poor health choices of fast food, soft drink, and, and sports cars um, is, is less and less attractive to, uh, to Americans looking to uh, sort of upgrade their lifestyle a little bit. Henry, thank you very much indeed. Keep safe. Hope Always to see you pleasure, next Barry. week.